hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Woe is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Joey Clark. Yeah. Oh, I've heard this song hundreds of times, but when it just kicks in and it's loud, it's right in the pocket, like always. Uh, it just hits me right. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. I'm, of course, Joey. And alongside me this evening, she's back. Yep. How you doing, Emily? Oh, you know, another day, another dollar. Yes. If you don't know who Emily Hayes is... It's okay. No, actually, that's an issue. Like, I mean, <laughs> you're just listening to the station for the first time. Welcome, and I will forgive that. Other than that, you should know who this woman is now. So how you doing? I'm okay. Um, it seemed a little tired. Yeah. I. It's that time of year, I suppose. There's so much going on, and um, one thing we talk about on the morning show a good deal is, you know, because I have to leave them early and go Indeed. to my other job. So mm. it's it's been a year of being here, leaving at 8.20, right. going to work, getting off at 5.30, and, you know, I'm responsible for two other shows that have to You're tracking, yes. be done. So my days... They're long. They're long. But you have such a full life. You got all these friends, and how are the cats? They're getting fat. They're getting fat. And I'm not mad about it. Uh, what are you feeding them? Dry food, and when they've been really good, they'll get wet food. Is it true that if you feed them a is it catnip? The cats actually get like high off that stuff. I've had multiple cats in my life, and they've all reacted. Either they've all freaked, some freaked out and some just get really mellow. Oh, but yeah. I have a little scratchy thing that I need to get out of the car and put inside for Irene. Like a scratching post? Yeah, it's like it's one of those flat ones with the cardboard, like stuff for them to, yeah. with their claws and stuff. But there's um, catnip infused mm. into it, so... Well, the last time we really sat and talked, mm -hmm. uh, it was the snow day. Was it? And I got sick. Yeah. Like, we've seen each other in the hallways or in the production room. Like, hey, how's it going? Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. But uh, thank you to you and Jay for covering me that evening. I was deathly sick. I know. Not I, really, actually. I've known you for over a year, and I don't know that I've ever seen you sick. No, first sick day in six years. Yeah, that was, that was so weird, and, you know... It, um, everybody was we were just falling like flies mm -hmm. after that but um, I know that I know Baron helped out to cover he did um, I thank him for on Dan Morris's show and he's a gentleman and a scholar yeah whatever that means yeah <laughs> <laughs> but no and that's you know that's what I I love about WACV it's what I love about Blue Water Broadcasting is we had a man down and hmm. 
we stepped up to ensure that everything was taken care of and covered because we're a family. Well, and, and, I, it, and it wasn't a, it w- there wasn't a second thought about it. It was like Joey Joey needs to go home and rest. Joey needs to get better. I will do this. You will do that. I will do this, and we'll be good. That's what I did too. Yeah, I slept all day, and though I was sick and I needed it. There was also a selfish part of me of like, I get to sleep all day. What is that like? I get to like be heavily medicated and eat something and pass out. And I, I don't mind it. It gets boring. Like in day three into Saturday, mm-hmm. I was like, uh, this is boring. And I started to feel better Saturday night. Yeah. I mean, that's how I feel in those situations too. Like right now, I would love to just sleep for a day. Yeah. It would be amazing. Now, where did you sleep here at the station? You spent the night on that snow. Day. Yeah. I um I tried to I failed to put the blow up mattress in the car before I left Prattville, so there was no going home for that. But I um had a blanket and pillow and all that stuff. And so I tried to I didn't want to say it was like ten mm-hmm. ten o'clock, I finally laid down and laid down in Jeff Blake's old office. Okay. On the ground. It's a good spot. And it would be it would be fine for about thirty minutes or so and then it would just be like, Oh my god, I'm laying on the floor. This is wretched. Jay had missed the morning show one morning and wasn't able to come into work at all because he was in Prattville. So like I think that was the Wednesday morning when the snow came down. Yes, yeah. But he got in here Thursday afternoon, which is the night we spent up here, and he was still up catching up on things production wise that he had missed. So there's that big green chair in the prod room. Yeah. So I did that and got another chair, like these little chairs that sit up here. And su- oh, you put them all together. Stuck my legs through it and kind of just sat, uh, slept sleeping up. Jay had neck pillows from all his flights. So you're claiming he played, I'm already giving the game away, he caught up on production. He didn't play games? No, I don't think I was... Uh, when I was awake, he was not playing games. He caught up on a bunch of, uh, uh, like, a backlog of production stuff. He did that. You see, and I ask, me, and I'm not judging because I've been doing that with my brother. Mm-hmm. He got the Nintendo Switch. It's been a lot of fun. But I also, um, I miss because I'm doing this whole new thing with the land show. I'm going to try to have these those guys on my show. Yeah. I miss the, the one anniversary. Oh, my one year with News Talk. Yeah, at yeah. Baumhauer's. I missed yeah. it. Rosie made me these pink flamingo centerpieces and got me a pink flamingo Are calendar. Are you a fan of flamingos? We've been talking about it on the air because when I was a kid, um, my cousin, my second cousin, Janine, and her husband, Rob, when they got engaged, we went over to my great-aunt Doris's house, and they had an engagement party. Mm-hmm. Someone gave them pink flamingos for their yard. And I was like five. I thought it was the most amazing thing. I wanted them, so I'm tugging on my mom's dress. I'm like, Jan- like Janine had made a face like, oh, thanks, haha, for this gift that we're never going to use because they're pink flamingos. And so I tugged on my mom's dress, and I was like, if Janine doesn't want them, can we take them mm-hmm. home? And my mom's like, no, it's trashy. <laughs> I was like, no, it's not. It's not trashy. So, it's classy trashy. I, if they, I, just, I've, I just think they're fun. It was just fine, but they did all that, and there was cake for cake. for all those that eat cake, and the buttery one came, and yeah, I just um, I saw all the the photos, and I saw the festivities, and I honestly I felt like an a hole, don't not being able to come, don't yeah, I just felt terrible about it. It's okay, it's like on Joey's work, and it's like I'm the the proverbial dad who's always at work. I miss the baseball game, I miss the birthday party. And, like, Look. Oh. 
Hi. Hello, who's this? this You're is, on the air. This is my kid's sister that made the Jack Campbell shirts. Oh. Hi. Hello. So, How are you guys? We're good. We're good. We're actually doing a radio yeah. show right now. It's okay. I'll call you back later, kiddo. Okay. Love you. Love you too. Gotta love FaceTime. So I meant to, I meant to hit the button, but I answered it instead. Oh. She's a good kid. Um, but I feel bad don't, about me. Don't feel bad. Actually, I forgot. I forgot something. What? Hold on, real quick. Uh, I forgot something. Oh, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing, Joey Clark? Um. Yeah, I'm sorry, folks. I had to step away from the chair and the radio board. I decided I wanted to give you something. Why? I wanted to give you something because I felt like it. Okay. And I wanted to give you something I love. So, I went and grabbed for my collection this, and these are yours to have. What have you done, Joey Clark? Yes, because... This conversation that we had the other day makes so much more sense now. Indeed. Oh, wow. Are these the first two? The first two. The first one is for you. I, folks, what I've handed to her are two vinyl albums. And the first is, I think, 78. Uh, uh, yeah. For You, Prince's first album. And the second one I gave wow. her is 79, Prince's self-titled album, which has the song... No, this one. On it. It's the first track, his first number one hit. And I was like, you know, I've heard these songs thousands of times, and, you know, you know, like, the hits. Yeah, I mean, but everybody, I feel like, I feel like every, and it's nothing to be upset or ashamed about, but I feel like everybody, everybody knows, like, from Purple Rain on. Right. It was such a big deal. Um, but that's what I love about when you when you discover a new artist and you go back and listen to the stuff that came before. Mm -hmm. uh, like on the Gump, the new Portugal the Man record. The, in general, the new Portugal the Man record is doing so 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 well, and it's been a big um, kind of mainstream hit for them. And I'm encouraging everybody to go back and check out their catalog because it's. I've been a fan of theirs for years. Like they have a great record called Church Mouth and uh, the Satanic Satanist, which is really good. Yeah. But I mean, it's just you open up a whole new world. Like I don't have these. I don't know that I would have sought them out. So I really appreciate you giving them to me. Well, and, and honestly, this is a selfish act in a way because I want another person who likes Prince to know, yeah. and to know the beauty of it so I was like we're, we're, you gave me some vinyls I'd, it's not like a you know tit for tat it's like a, I just felt like it that's very sweet of you Joey and I hope you like them I, I'm very pumped about it I need to um, I need to actually buy a new record player that's what I've kind of been shopping oh, no. around for no what do you mean oh no is your current one not work oh I lost it in the divorce um, oh my! This is what I call when I break up with my boyfriends. Oh my! Um, no, but I know exactly what I want, and I've always wanted the the I want the cabinet. Mm. I want the built-in speakers. I want to lift the top, and I want the antique thing. And I saw one on a marketplace, and I messaged somebody. They never messaged me back, which made me sad. So I'm taking my time to find it. I don't want just well, a... I'm sorry to give you wax when you don't have a way to play the wax. Joe, we have so many records that, okay. I mean, 
but I have, I mean, I have Purple Rain. That's the only Prince record I have. Okay. So uh, this just motivates me to get it faster. Well, and you should listen to those two, mm-hmm. and then you can graduate. That's con- described as the early era. Uh huh. The first two, he's kind of competing with Stevie Wonder. And he's competing with a lot of the big disco acts at the time. And he kind of had an R&B hit on the first one there for you called Soft and Wet. Uh, it was I was watching a video the other night, Questlove from The Roots. Yeah. The drummer. Um, and he has very fond memories of listening to that. And then uh, he had his first number one hit, I Want to Be Your Lover, on the second album. But that's the early period. Once you get through those, you can graduate to the beginning of him becoming unique, which is Dirty Mind. Yeah. Which is a crazy album. I'm really pumped about the Prince education mm-hmm. that I'm embarking on. Yes, please join me in this. <laughs> well, because after like 1987, there are some great songs. Mm-hmm. But after Sign of the Times, he starts, the empire starts to crumble. You can tell he's too in his own head. He's yeah. too um, too powerful in a way. Like, And he's also pissed at his record company. Yeah, that's when he went to... The symbol. The symbol and started writing slave on his face. Uh-huh. It's actually a brilliant move. It's like creates controversy yep. and gets press and also makes it weird. Like it's not necessarily commercially viable. Mm-hmm. So he did it on purpose to just screw over Warner Brothers. Yeah. Like, okay. Don't F with Prince. I'm just, I want, I want a fellow traveler when all this new stuff from the vault starts coming out. Yeah, I'm really pumped pumped. about that. Well, and it's incredible. Can you imagine having the ability to realize, okay, they want me to put out like an album a year, maybe two years, because if I tour, Mm -hmm. it's what Michael Jackson did, for instance. Yeah. Uh, But he created, he was creating a song a day. So you're talking like 400 songs. You heard the breakdown, right? When they finally broke into the vault or whatever, Mm -hmm. there's enough to release a new album of new unheard material from Prince for the next century. Now, as a super fan, I'm wondering, they say unheard material. Like, I have a lot of bootlegs. Well, you know. And they're like original. So I'm wondering how much is going to be like stuff I've heard. It's just, uh, it's, it's amazing. It's yeah. so amazing. So I'm, I'm excited and like I'm... I don't know. I took a long break. I used to watch videos and like information all the time. After he died, it was like a, it was like a sore spot. Yeah, I mean, that happens. Yeah, I didn't. I that listened happens. to the music, but I wasn't like searching out in the same way. It's like after Scott Weiland died. Like SCP is is a big band in yes. in my family. Uh, my brother loves them. My sister loves them. I love them. Um, but it was hard to listen to my favorites not like the commercial hits i love all of it but you know like kitchenware and candy bars off of the purple record Mm -hmm. i love that track um silver gun superman and some things off of core even some stuff off of number four which is kind of like the last good album from scp but it was hard to listen to the nugget tracks because that like the ones that you don't hear on radio okay um you looked at me funny. So I was like, "What yeah, is a nugget track?" For the Sounded stammer, dirty. I know, but you know what I mean. Like it, it's it's harder to listen to that stuff because of the memories attached to it. Like listening to that with my brother and sister and and Scott Weiland and yeah. had his solo record. Could listen to Twelve Bar Blues for a while because it was just you know that's somebody that's in your life so much. That, I mean, you don't even know them, but their music is in your life so much. It, it's it's almost like 
a piece of clothing. Well, and you know, bands argue, obviously, yeah. and there's always politics. Uh, one band that was able to get over that, at least with the songwriting, was Queen. Essentially, whoever wrote the song got final say on creative control over the song. But they did, even though they jumped that hurdle, that really kills a lot of bands. They did fight over what song's going to be the single. Because, yeah. and Brian May, the guitarist for Queen, talked about this. He was thinking of it in terms of, if you put out a single, most people don't sit and listen to albums completely. But when you put out a single, it becomes that song that they listen to on the beach as you fall in love with somebody for the first time. Mm -hmm. It becomes that song when you're going to the high school dance. It becomes a song when maybe you have some tra tragic thing happen to you, and that song will always be there tied in the memories, and that's why they fought so fervently, because they knew this is more than record sales, and obviously yeah. that plays into it too, royalties. Yeah. But it becomes really part of the pop culture when you find that single. Now, I think you and I both, though, are the type where I love the singles, but if you can go into the albums, you find all sorts of gems. I love a cohesive record. I love an album that just, and you get this with, um, I find this a lot with Radiohead. You get, you have the single, you have the song you know and, and that you love and that has brought you to that album. But when you listen to the album as a whole, it moves the right way. It transitions the right way. Everything just fits together like a nice puzzle. And that single is just a piece of the puzzle. It's not, oh, man, the second track is crap. I really don't like five, seven, or nine. So, like, you're, you're jumping around. I hate when that happens when it's not a solid record. Because you need to be able to put it on and walk away from it. Yeah. And just enjoy it. Yeah. But if you're having to hover over it and move the needle or hit the next button, then you can't really enjoy the, the art that it is. I sound like a big old goober right now. Well, no, but the vinyl's making a comeback. Well, yeah, thank God. Up in sales for the last two, three years. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I'm, I sound like an old man. I am like 29 going on 55. I mean, I've been 78 for the last 10 years, so. Well, but that's why we love you, old lady. Hey? Oh, well, you know. The thing about vinyl, though, is vinyl forces you to... You, you got to be around it. You can't just, you don't have earbuds in. You can't walk all throughout your house and do whatever unless you've got some, <clears throat> unless you have some killer sound system that's wired throughout your house and is, you know, connected to your record player, Baron Coleman. So you can't just move about your whole house. You've got to hmm. stay there with the record player or in close proximity to the record player. And I feel like you pay more attention to the album that way it's right. not just background noise right and now i'm sitting here wondering would the younger generation like it, it okay you have this narrative of the snowflake thing and the safe space thing yeah um but then also i'm listening to like popular music and popular music doesn't seem to be hurt too much by that mentality the so-called political correctness stuff people still say whatever they want mm -hmm. i mean it's not like kendrick lamar or jay-z or Bruno Mars are like holding back lyrically and they're some of the best selling albums uh, Taylor Swift isn't holding back because she might say something offensive it's okay if you want to hold back Taylor Wait, oh wow oh no I mean I don't care either way it's just it's where are you with me and why yeah. is Taylor Swift such a big deal yeah I mean I'm kind of over it I, you know yeah. I hear a couple of the songs or whatever um and I get it. There's a there's a market for all that. There's a market for there everything that you brought up. There are a lot of people up, listening but. right now 
especially a lot of women. I know my aunt is one of them going, how dare you, Emily and Joey? How dare you? Taylor Swift is a national treasure. <laughs> um, I have no problem with her at all. I am not a huge fan of mm. her music. Well, that shows that you do have a problem. I don't. I mean, I don't, I'm indifferent. Mm. And that is, mm. the, that is the worst thing to... To love or hate something, great. But when you're indifferent to yeah, it, that that's apathy. yeah. That's when you're just like, I mean, whatever. She's she exists. It's kind of like saying Auburn and Alabama are all right. No, <laughs> I don't really. I pull for Troy, you know. I mean, you do you. No, I'm an Auburn. Graduate. <laughs> I, know. I pull for Auburn. But, I know. Yeah, like it's uh, it's interesting. I mean, would kids these days say, okay, there's a song on the Prince album, Dirty Mind, the one you're going to graduate to here okay. in a little while. It's called Sister. Mm-hmm. It's only like two minutes, if that. And it is a song about incest. Oh, my yeah. lands. Yeah. My sister never made love to anyone else but me. That's how the song opens. Yes. And you go, that's disgusting. And on first look at the song, you go, why would anybody write that song, number one? talk about it on a radio show number two and that's a big reason why that third album didn't play hardly anywhere that and he's wearing a speedo and a trench coat on the cover bless it uh but if you actually pay attention to the way the song works is he's a naive kid taken advantage of by an older person a sibling and in just a minute or in a half you have like eight different emotions that builds up into rage that I can't believe I've been assaulted in this way. Mm. And it's so it's like, name me another artist that can take a subject like that. Most people are going to look at it and not pay attention to it. But if you actually pay attention to what's going on in that song, it's incredibly deep. And the music itself becomes a vehicle for feeling the emotions of a crazy story. I don't know if it happened to him or the song's autobiographical, but it's songs like that that maybe go, would people have the nuance in this day and age to actually look into it? And the irony here is that, you know, he had some dirty albums. Like that, Dirty Mind and Controversy are very dirty. 1999 has some really dirty lines I can't say. Yeah, yeah. uh, Like in the song, Let's Pretend We're Married. There's some really nasty stuff at the end that I love. (laughs) (laughs) But he pulls it back for Purple Rain, and that's the album that starts the PMRC with Tipper Gore. It's like, okay, the one where he actually self-censors to be a little popular... That's the one that gets him in trouble. Not the song about incest. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but the the song about a you know darling Nikki. Yeah. It's which just, is a very well written song. It is. You know, you want to talk about storytelling exactly. and music and stuff. I mean, I mean, come on. And I'm just wondering. These are real topics people deal with. We're somewhat limited here because of regulations. Yeah. But these are real topics people deal with, and I guess we deal with them in music movies. Hopefully people actually sit down and talk about these things. Mm -hmm. But so much of what I see in news, so much of what I see in, um, like, just political culture in particular, there's no nuance. It's sort of react, 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 react. Like, if you go, it's maybe it's a product of social media where... You know, people watch a five-minute clip, and then everybody's just writing somebody off immediately based on their own bias. Yeah, you know, we've talked about this before on and off the air. Um, 
the art of conversation is gone, all but gone. People right. people don't know how to communicate with each other anymore. People don't know how to share ideas and have an open mind to maybe understand someone's reasoning. You don't have to agree with it, but you would want them to understand your reasoning behind a decision. So maybe you should try to open up your mind to understand where they're coming from on something. Hardly anybody does that anymore. You know, you post a political thing on Facebook or you post an artist that you like yeah. on Facebook, and then people will jump on you. They'll either be for you or against you, and then it's a whole crap show mm-hmm. in the comments mm-hmm. section. I saw that with um, with one of the hosts on WACV. They had posted something. I just I, I didn't see it till like twelve hours later. And I just sat there and read all the comments. Oh, no, you went down the rabbit hole. I did, I did. And at the very end of it, I posted the Michael Jackson um, <coughs> little gif from Thriller where he's just there eating the popcorn. Right, right. And like, I'm just here for the comments. I just sat there and watched. It was a dumpster fire. But because That's just crazy. seeing people just holler at people they don't even know well and they don't they're not friends with it's the other person that's friends with them but they're all friends with that one person they have that mutual friend and then they proceed to get into a fight on facebook i mean well and if they were sitting down like this they wouldn't act that way most of the time no i don't think this person well i don't know i don't know the parties involved super well but i would just uh, imagine that if the people that were really going at it in that comment thread, hmm. if they were sitting here with you and me, or like we are, and um, they had to talk about it, that it wouldn't have gone as south as it did as quickly. Though, I, I kind of want to go back a little bit and almost contradict what we were just saying. Uh-oh. I think too often these days we conflate being nice and kind, which are good things. Yeah. And I think that should be folks' general disposition, mm-hmm. be kind and courteous to people, we conflate that with being a good person. But you, you're never, ever, ever allowed to be rude. No, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Um, I understand, honestly, uh, yeah, let me get my words together, I'm sorry. By this time of the evening, my brain is pretty, right. pretty gone. Um I feel that social media has a big, or is a big factor in that because you essentially choose the way you present yourself to the world. Yeah. So, you know, if you give some money to the Salvation Army, but you're doing a Snapchat of it as you walk up to the bell ringer and dropping it in, and ooh, look what I did, look what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not... I mean, you you choose how to portray yourself, so you can either be warts and all and let bad pictures of you be posted or, you know, drunk off your face singing Taylor Swift in a karaoke bar. You can let that video be posted or you can be very selective in what the world sees of you and then you kind of create... Is a different person because they're you know you do wake up looking like crap. I look like crap right now, but my makeup on at five thirty this morning. It's mm-hmm. all south. I'm really rocking this nice Alice Cooper meets Tammy Faye Baker situation with my eye makeup. But well, I took a photo of myself because uh, I'm trying to get this Instagram thing going. Yeah, right yeah. when I woke up and I did a little selfie. Yeah, I woke up like I was, this. I was looking good. <laughs> I usually hate photos of myself. Uh-huh. I untag them after a little while. See, I, mean, I don't like them. I don't understand that. Um, 
But I said all that to say. Why did I say all that? Oh, because you can you can portray this perfect, everything's put together, everything's sure. great uh, life. But in you know when you put the phone down or you step away from the laptop, you know you still got a sink full of dirty dishes and yep. you got a dog that just crapped on the carpet and mm-hmm. you know you're calling the power company being like, uh, can I get a payment arrangement? Right. You know. So I. I much prefer the people that are honest about things. Kind of pulling back the curtain, but then I, again, I'm all full of contradictions tonight. You are. Like, there's a, I think a sense where there's overexposure now. Yeah. Like, where we know way too much about people's lives. Uh, And, I don't know, like the, every little thing about stars, for instance. Like, I, I don't I've never been like a tabloid or TMZ guy, and the closest I came to was somebody like Prince. But the reason I liked him was that he didn't. It was he was always playing games. Yeah, um, he was always sort of telling. He, he literally told fake autobiographies and lied about his age and was constantly messing with people, which I liked. And I think sometimes now, like I'm thinking of singing shows. Like, uh, like America's um, Got Talent. America's Got Talent or The Voice. And, like, it's the first time I'm being introduced to somebody. Imagine I went on one of those shows and I had the voice of a generation. Mm-hmm. Instead of, like, introducing myself with my voice, and I don't have that, but introducing myself with my talent and letting people guess where did he come from, who is he, I would just open up and be like, three years ago my mom died of brain cancer. That's what they do. It's like, for the longest time in life, I was bullied. My dog died yesterday. My, this is my struggle and my tragedy right from the get-go. So it's the, you get the sympathy factor right. in there first. Like, too much. Like, let me get to know you a little mm-hmm. bit and then open up. Like, I want to do my job well, mm-hmm. but by the end of the week, I'm pushing between 60 and 65 hours, and I don't want somebody to be like, oh, She's doing such a crappy job. It's like she she totally missed this comma, or or uh, this this paragraph should have started here. Or the page break is wrong on this Excel spreadsheet. Like I don't want to have to go to them and be like, I'm mentally exhausted. I can't look at numbers or Excel spreadsheets anymore. I'm sorry, you know. Right. But I don't want to make excuses, and I don't want to sway anybody's opinion about the uh, integrity of how I do things. So. And what you're saying is going on there and singing straight away and just being like, this is my talent. This is what I can do. Right. That should be enough. But you shouldn't have to go on there with a sob story. Well, Because I feel like everybody already knows life is difficult. Everybody has, oh, almost had to hit the dump button. Has their crap. Everybody has their own crap. Mm -hmm. Everybody has their own crap. And it's good to share that at the appropriate time. And it can be publicly, too. Yeah. But... I don't want to know you just because of your suffering. I would like to know, how do you make meaning out of this crazy, bad joke we call life? Yeah, and I don't want to be prejudged mm-hmm. because things are known right. about me. I want to be judged on my own merit. I think that's what we're getting at. Well, we got to hit a quick break. Those, all four of you online, hold on, I'm coming right to you. Be right back. Joey Clark. Joey Clark. Oh, welcome back to the program. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. 
Alongside me this evening is old lady Hayes, Emily Hayes. And yes, folks, she did just tell me off air her bones hurt. My bones do hurt. Oh, I hate seeing you like this. I don't know what to do, Joey. I don't know what to do. You'll get through it. I mean it. Thanks. No, you take on what you fear. You take on what's bothering you. And it makes you better. I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. Just don't stew in it. I'm talking from experience. Um, Whatever it is that's bothering you, don't stew in it. Figure it out. I don't have enough time. I think that's where I get very frustrated. I know what you're talking about. I don't have enough time. Those days where it's like you're just going a mile a minute and... Yeah, it was like downstairs. Fresh was... uh, DJ Fresh was introducing me to somebody. um, D'Anthony. Yeah. Yeah. And... um, was was telling him, oh, you know, she she does this thing in Mobile. You don't even know. You got to see this stuff. Yeah. South Sounds. And he was like, when do you start working on that? And I'm like, I've been working on it for the past four months, and it's not even until April. I want to die. It's, it's your passion project. It is. It's like my child. It's a first grader this year. I'm very proud of it. But um, I told him, though, and I think you, you might have been downstairs for that. I've got to, I realized last year, I've got to step back. I'm not in Mobile anymore, and it's hard. Right. It's very hard to do it from up here. But yeah, it's priorities. Yeah, but it's still. I mean, it's still going strong. Seven years of a nonprofit music festival. I'm very, very proud. Nice. <coughs> well, as you're figuring that out, my big new project because it hit me over the weekend. I talked about it with Troy on Monday. Is to build a new home. You gonna build a house? No, not not a literal. Oh. Like I realized, I don't have my home anymore. Okay. Like, it's hit me. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, what do you do about that? You're going to wallow in it? Nope. Time to build a new one. And it takes, you know, day by day, brick yeah. on brick. But it's um, it's actually kind of a fun challenge. You asked me how I was doing before we went on air, and that's where I'm going. Like, how do I build a place? I kind of feel like maybe I may be on that same street with you. Yeah. Because, I mean, Mobile was my home for nine years. To walk down there and it's it's comfortable. It's like putting on your Mr. Rogers loafers after a long day. <laughs> but then up here, it's just, it's basically, it's rebuilding. Yeah. Like rebuilding and meeting new people and building up friendships and trust and experiences and things like that. And it's very much a day at a time. Well, let's go to the phones. Okay, Joe, if you want to. 272-9228. Oh, I want to talk to St. James. Hey, man, what's up? Hey, Joey. How you doing? This is a breath of fresh air from normally when I call in. Well, we, some, I know you're you're Democrat, they're Republicans, the politics is crazy. We like, yeah, listen, I didn't know you were a super fan of Prince. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. You know, he, when he came on, um, <clears throat> I think it was like 78, I thought he was going to be fly by night, so to speak. I, I, had to, I had to get into his music because I was still into... Uh, Lionel Richard, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Cameo, yeah. Rick James. Yeah. You know, but um, I think when the, when the DJ cut his song off, uh, especially When Doves Cry, it does a disservice to his legacy. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the last half of that song is when you really should pump up the volume and just listen to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to ask you my question is as far as you, oh, before I can get to that, you would have enjoyed last week. I think Hill Harper. He hmm. he hosted a documentary on Prince, and uh, I can't think of the name of it, but it comes on. I think uh, every 
Wednesday or Thursday night, and it just it was from his upbringing. He can show when he when he was on his dad's knee, and you can tell that that was Prince and all of the you know problems that he went through coming up. But as far as you know and your know, research on Prince, did he did he have any opinion or did he express any um, opinion or statement on Michael Jackson? On Michael Jackson, there's one funny story uh, where Michael, you know the song Bad? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Michael wanted that song to be a duet with Prince. And okay, yeah, you're right. I saw that. And I he sent that. it, yeah, yes. he sent it to yes. Prince. For the folks out there listening who don't know, Michael sent the demo to Prince. And when Prince heard the first line, your butt is mine, Prince said, yeah, hell exactly. no. I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you're right. I'm sorry. I forgot about that one. Yeah, you're exactly right. The one thing I know, he was always competing. He was a very competitive guy. So, And same with Michael. I think they both looked at how uh, saturated the R&B market was, like all the artists you name and like Stevie Wonder and whatnot. And they're like, okay, I guess we're going to do the pop thing. And they yeah. off the charts. And uh, yeah. I think Prince did end up finding the fate that Quincy Jones warned about. When you try to do everything yourself, you burn out. Uh -huh. And he yeah. was starting to burn out, uh, especially near the early 90s. Yeah, okay, and before I go, you know, I, I was telling you about Hill Hopper, and when he was hosting this documentary. Yeah. I think it came on after uh, they had they showed the Whitney Houston story. It might have been someone before that, but he was just saying that of all the millions of fans Prince had, the, the adoring fans, you know, his life ended from uh, ended alone in an elevator, and that's, that's very sad the way it happened. It is. It's very you know, sad so, yeah. when you think of... Like, how many people, you know, well, he was a very private and controlling guy, and he got into what they call Prince World, but, I mean, he remained incredible in many ways, like, I, yeah. um, and I don't know, I have, I'm very influenced by that guy and his central message, like, I mean, yeah. he, he looked back in, at his community, like, I heard Spike Lee tell a story that he, uh, when Spike wanted to make the Malcolm X movie, like, three mm -hmm. hours, he had to go find other financing because the studio wouldn't do it, and Prince was one of the people who put up a lot of money. Um, yeah, yeah, and, so, and he, he, he wrote a lot of anonymous checks to certain causes also. Oh, yeah, I didn't and, know that. Especially in the local Minneapolis area. But, I mean, so Prince <laughs> was aware where he, he came from and, and was down with all sorts of causes, but his central message throughout most of his music of... You know, like in controversy, am I black or white? Am I straight or gay? Do I believe in God? All this stuff. He, he got tired, and I think he played beautifully this idea that you have to be defined in a certain way. It's like, can't yeah. we just be people who are yeah. free to express ourselves and, and love one another? Yeah, and the parallel him with the eccentricity of uh, Michael Jackson, he did some silly stuff also, Prince did. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> like staying awake, stand awake in the studio for four days. I mean, yeah. that's just, that's, to me, you know, just pretty, pretty erratic. Work hard. But, uh, yeah. But anyway, thank you, Joy. Oh, thank you, St. James. Appreciate the call. Yeah, it's, um, well, it reminds me, anybody who's like a top CEO, mm -hmm. and you could probably relate to this at the moment, how you're feeling, Emily, that uh, you do have to step back, and it's good to do what you're doing, like 20s, 30s, but there are people who devote them lot, their lives to, I'm going to be the greatest scientist ever, I'm going to be the greatest pop star ever, I'm going to be a top CEO on Wall Street, or whatever the field is that you become the best you do have to sacrifice a lot yeah you do um and the most valuable thing in the world is time right and 
if I was if I was still in Mobile, I could see myself doing South Sounds until I keeled over. Right. However, having to take board conference calls on a speakerphone from up here and not be down there with them, like I'm I'm that person. I want to be down in it, hands dirty, doing everything involved with it, and I can't because even though it's just two ish hours down the road, it's it, I have an impossible schedule, work schedule. So how how am I going to be able to break away and go down on a Wednesday afternoon for a, a meeting? I can't. Like I'm having to send a volunteer to go pick up the posters that are ready to be hung up. So yeah, it's very frustrating for me after five years of doing it myself, and I'm not very good at delegating, and I'm trying very hard. Well, it's a, but like I've, I, I mean I've recognized I don't have I don't have the time, and I don't want it to suffer. Right. Because I've said, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. And, and then the reality of the situation is, is that I can't. Well, and there are a lot of people listening who I'm sure relate. I relate. Um, and it makes me want to step back that, you know, you don't have to be the top of the charts or making the most money in the world. And you can find what you uh, appreciate and what you love, and you can act heroically in ways big and small. Um, the reason I think of this... Uh, whether it's you know, being the hero of your own life, figuring out whatever's troubling you, or helping other people around you. And I've been talking a lot about uh, this guy. He's been huge in the press lately, especially on YouTube. Jordan Peterson mm-hmm. got into it a little bit with Fifi uh, last night, and in a fun way, and we were friendly about it. Uh, but Jordan Peterson is so much more than like, oh, he doesn't like left-wing identity politics. And uh, a friend of mine who I've had on the show, Dan Sanchez, shared a quote from his new book, Peterson's new book. Uh, 12 Rules for Life, and it's just one quote, and it says, quote, in my own periods of darkness, in the underworld of the soul, I find myself frequently overcome and amazed by the ability of people to befriend each other, to love their intimate partners and parents and children, and to do what they must do to keep the machinery of the world running. I knew a man injured and disabled by a car accident who was employed by a local utility. For years after the crash, he worked side-by-side with another man who, for his part, suffered with a degenerative neurological disease. They cooperated while repairing the lines, each making up for the other's inadequacy. This sort of everyday heroism is the rule, I believe, rather than the exception. Most individuals are dealing with one or more serious health problems while going productively and uncomplainingly about their business. If anyone is fortunate enough to be in a rare period of grace and health personally, then he or she typically has at least one close family member in crisis. Yet people prevail and continue to do difficult and effortful tasks to hold themselves and their families and society together. To me, this is miraculous. So much so that a dumbfounded gratitude is the only appropriate response. There are so many ways and things that things can fall apart or fail to work all together, and it is always wounded people who are holding it together. They deserve some genuine and heartfelt admiration for that. It's an ongoing miracle of fortitude and perseverance. Hmm. And, uh, you know, we were talking earlier about people have these snap judgments on social media. Mm-hmm. I Mostly when I was sick and just feeling bad. It's amazing how the body can be a demon that takes over you. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh you know, you're going to stay put. Because, uh, you know me, I didn't want to leave. I kept going, and I was yeah. saying some genocidal things. <laughs> you heard me on Greg's yeah. show that day. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Peterson is this very thoughtful guy. While I was sick, I watched all these lectures of his, some on Bible, biblical stories, 
uh, someone just psychology, his brand of it in general. And, you know, I was like, I don't completely agree with this guy, but he's a very thoughtful person. He's obviously very uh, perceptive and observant when it comes to dealing and helping people with whatever their issue might be. Um, and to have folks just look at him and yay or nay, positive or negative, say he's the greatest hero ever for our cause because he took on the left or he's this alt-right troll, like, you know, it it's, just goes back to my point that we it's not even a political thing. You take the time to actually read somebody's words to see where they're coming from. And a message like that is, well, I saw that today, didn't get a lot of, I shared it on the Book of Faces. Mm-hmm. I wasn't looking to get a lot of likes and reactions. I shared it because it's, it's so true. It's what I've seen around the station. <coughs> it's uh, what I've seen getting to meet some of the listeners. Is the gratitude, the charity people show to one another. It's all around us. And speaking from my own experience, it's too bad when we take it for granted. So don't take it for granted. Everybody's got their struggles. And uh, sometimes it's really, really tough stuff. But sometimes it's, uh, you know, easy. And it's just a matter of taking the time to figure it out. Yeah, that is what I was going to say. The figuring it out. Like... We we I can't even talk. When we were, um, I, I really we only have two minutes left. So, um, and I hate that. I hate that too. I hate that I'm not sharp. It like it's not even seven o'clock, and and my brain isn't sharp. It bothers me a lot. Um, but what I was going to say is what we were talking about off air about the things that are going on, and before we came back on the air, I told you I just have to take the time to sit down and figure it out. Yep. I'm the only one that can change it. So the 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 issues going on, like I've got I've got to be able to sit down and lay it out and make a pro and con list and hope <coughs> hopefully make the right decision. I think you will, and you've got people that are looking out for you here. But then you know, yeah. with little sis calling you in the middle of the show, isn't she precious? She is. Oh my god, I love her so much. She is the one. Um, yeah, I had like a day off or a half day or something, and I always like to bust up on news and views and yeah. give uh, Baron and Jack and when 84 is here a hard time. And we started talking. Jack wasn't here. 84 was here. And it may have been during the snowstorm because all that stuff just runs together now. But talking about how Jack wasn't here because he was out, you know. Oh, I saw him at the gas securing, station. Securing like campaign donations and yeah. stuff. And we joked off the air. I was like, we'll make shirts. I love doing stuff like that. Kiddo got like a cricket machine or something, and mm. she's just cranking stuff out. She's a third grade teacher, so after she does all her, you know, stuff, that's what she was. Um, she's redoing the Ben Hagler stickers. She didn't like the contact mm. pa- paper they were on, so that's what she was facetiming well, the about. The boogie stickers. The boogie stickers. She didn't like the way they were peeling off, so she's like, "Send them back. I'm going to redo them." But she did the Jack Campbell from Mayor shirt. She did the. Uh, Christmas vacation hoodies for the morning show guys, like our family hoodies, yeah. and uh, well, I just all uh, that. Um, we we're done, and we're going out with "I Feel for You." That's the name of the song. <laughs> and uh, I just want to say that you're amazing. How much you do for people? Stop! You stop! It's you, true. Stop it, Joey! You stop right now. Bless well, it. I'm not telling any tales out of school. Thank you all, <laughs> folks, for listening. I'll be back tomorrow night. Joey Clark.